Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Tuesday, January 17th, 2023, the 727th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't, or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free, like a day and a half later. I always say two days, but it's about a day and a half. And you can find it on a wide variety of podcast platforms, including, of course, Rumble, all I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the podcast, the social media, the writing, and the merch site simply by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. I want to start where I left off yesterday, and that was talking about COVID and vaccines and all of that. Yesterday, Natalie Winters, who was formerly of the National Pulse, and now she has just joined Steve Bannon's operation at War Room. So this is from warroom.org, Natalie Winters writing, CDC to hold secret meeting, plotting, public health tool to address vaccine misinformation. The Centers for Disease Control is planning to hold a confidential meeting to address, quote, developing a public health tool to predict the virality of vaccine misinformation, end quote. So they want to know what sorts of vaccine information might go viral, which claims are about to cause stress for the vaccine makers and salesmen. Perhaps they're upset that died suddenly is now a cultural meme. Maybe they need a better way to determine when an athlete has collapsed on the field and it's going to be shared far and wide. What's important is that they have the foresight to know what to censor. The meeting set to take place on March 7th, 2023, was announced on the U.S. government's federal register via a notice of closed meeting announcement in November 2022. The meeting will be closed to the public in accordance with the provisions set forth in sections 
552B, C4, and 552B, C6, Title V, U.S. Code, explains the announcement before also attributing the confidentiality of the meeting to decisions by the director of the Strategic Business Initiatives Unit within the office of the Chief Operating Officer of the Centers for Disease Control. The meeting appears to address three primary topics, including developing a public health tool to predict the virality of vaccine misinformation narratives. No further clarification of what constitutes misinformation was provided. Disease, disability, and injury prevention and control, in addition to collaborative surveys to provide inputs into vaccine-related economic evaluations, are among the other topics to be secretly discussed. Taking place virtually, the meeting is set to occur between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern, and that, of course, is March 7th. The secret meeting follows stunning revelations from internal documents from federal agencies such as the Department of Homeland Security and the Twitter files showing how the U.S. government has worked behind closed doors to censor Americans on social media platforms. In addition to censoring debate about election fraud and failures of President Joe Biden, such as the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, COVID-19 misinformation about the origins of the pandemic and vaccines have also been a primary target of government-backed censors. The unearthed secret meeting is the latest example of how federal agencies are colluding to combat alleged misinformation, despite failing to clearly define what actually qualifies as fact versus fiction. So the disinformation governance board under the DHS, that was found out and then they closed that down. Not that that stopped their censorship efforts at all. The Twitter files have come out. Not that they are the greatest revelations of all time. It is in some way a limited hangout or maybe it is just a really slow controlled release of information. That's still possible too. But none of that has slowed down their desire to censor and specifically to censor on this topic, vaccine, quote unquote, misinformation. Again, they're concerned about information that misleads people. It's not that the information isn't true. It's just that after seeing the information that is true, people are led astray off the path of getting more and more booster shots. So despite the information being true, the people have still been misled, which makes the information misleading and makes it misinformation, even though it's absolutely true, but therefore it must be censored. And we are in a very strange information environment right now when it comes to COVID and the vaccines. We have a lot of stuff coming out that's making people rethink a lot of the things they thought a couple of years ago. We talked yesterday about how they were overcounting the COVID deaths. We've seen the Twitter files releases. We've seen pressure from the pharmaceutical companies and their lobbyists. We've seen pressure from public health officials. We've seen pressure from the administration, all trying to censor and control any public narrative regarding COVID or the vaccines. We also see mainstream media outlets reporting on things that they called conspiracy theorists a few years ago like the overcounting of deaths. Back then, they needed a high death count to warrant all the fear that they were creating in culture. And that fear helped them because they wanted to separate people. They wanted to divide people. They wanted to isolate people so that they could continue pushing the great reset agenda forward while everyone just sits in their apartments watching Netflix. They wanted lockdowns. They wanted masks. They wanted social distancing. They wanted people to be afraid enough of the disease that they would run out and take the experimental gene therapy. So despite knowing that they were counting any death with a positive COVID test, even knowing that those tests delivered 90% plus false positives or any death where the death certificate included likely COVID just from the doctors having diagnosed the symptoms all of those were COVID deaths. Doesn't matter if COVID was the cause or not. The medical providers were paid large sums of money to continue amping up these numbers, and the numbers were used to generate fear. The fear was used to implement the agenda. Well, now a couple years later, the high death count just makes it look to everyone like the vaccines don't work. And of course, they don't work. 
but that's inconvenient for the agenda. So now they're going to fix it. Now they don't want these overcounted deaths. So they'll find ways to scale all that back and say that the bivalent booster has cured COVID and that's why everyone is surviving now. Simply changing how they record the statistics is enough to turn off the pandemic. And if you turn off the pandemic, well, then you can say, look, the vaccines worked. So over the last couple of weeks, people have started getting pretty nervous about these vaccines, even in the mainstream people are beginning to realize, hey, maybe these aren't all they're cracked up to be. Maybe all these reports of death are real. And maybe these vaccines just simply don't work. And if the deaths were so severely overcounted, maybe COVID wasn't all that dangerous. What exactly is going on here? Did I get tricked? They're starting to consider that because it is becoming too obvious to avoid. We had the DeMar Hamlin collapse, which we are told is actually a story of great hope and miraculous recovery. We are told that DeMar Hamlin is speaking words and talking about his team and taking pictures for Instagram. And if that's all the case, wonderful. I'm glad the man is alive. But that amped up the vaccine narrative and then took it right back down for a soft landing. Last week, we had news that the CDC and the FDA were investigating the vaccines and their link to strokes, a very real link recorded in Pfizer's own data before they released the vaccines. And if you're not up to date with that, the best place to go for vaccine injury information and what was actually known by the pharmaceutical companies before they released the vaccine is dailyclout.io. That is Naomi Wolf's site. She has this big group of citizen journalists and attorneys, medical workers, all examining all that Pfizer data, the data that they wanted hidden away for 75 years. They're examining all of that and publishing what they found. And what they found is proof that the vaccine makers knew all along about the problems with what they were producing. So the FDA and the CDC, they go out and investigate and immediately find out, hey, no, everything is perfect. And all of their mouthpieces online talk about how everything's perfect. Again, all of these reports are simply untrue. We are recommending the shot for everyone over six months old. So there's this anger out there, this building anger about the vaccines and about all the lies everyone's been told. And so how does the regime respond? What is the narrative play you need to pull off in order to protect the vaccines, but also to protect the project at large while simultaneously hitting the enemy? Well, as always, they use a multi-pronged approach. Take the damage incoming. Say that it's not that bad. The people who are making a big deal of it are crazy. Republicans pounce. We have a study. The problems are very rare and typically not severe. Things like that. They say that thing that you all now know to be true, that thing that you don't like that's out there. Well, you know what? You might as well just like it because the truth is it's not a big deal and you don't want to be one of those crazy people, do you? And that's good. That's a nice start, but it doesn't work all the way. To really hammer it home, what they need to do is figure out how Donald Trump did it. Because once you figure out how Donald Trump did it, you can not only blame Donald Trump for it and take the win there on the left, you can also get conservative incorporated, the GOP establishment and elite, all the DeSantis simps out there. They will all activate and jump on board because blaming Trump for something increases their power too. And it makes them feel comfortable because this is the place that they can reunify with all those communists still in their lives. They're like, you know what? I see you hate Trump. Yes, you've realized that it's not okay to chop off little kids' genitals. And yeah, you understand that things are too expensive and maybe there are some problems at the border, but I don't want you to figure everything out. So let's just agree that we both hate Trump, and then I'll say my side of things, you keep saying your side of things, and we can be friends again. We can rally around our combined hatred for Trump. That's what's going to bring us close together. 
And so they never missed the opportunity to do it. We saw this happen right after the midterms in 2022. We've seen it three or four times now. We first saw it a week before when Donald Trump said Ron DeSanctimonious. Ooh, that made them so mad. Then a few days later, they got to blame the midterm elections on Donald Trump, totally ignore election fraud, totally ignore the subversiveness of the GOP establishment in undermining candidates all across the country so that they could work with a small Republican majority in the House and no majority in the Senate in what should have obviously been a wave election year. Somehow it was all Donald Trump's fault, even though the record of his endorsed candidates was something like 220 to 30. It was still all Donald Trump's fault. And now it's time to move on from Trump. The left piles on. They say it's Donald Trump's fault. That's what they want to believe. They want to believe that there is no MAGA out there. There's no America first movement. It's just this small fringe that simply can't let Trump go. They're in the Trump cult, even though they're also the people who didn't take the vaccine, even after Trump said it was a good idea. And you'll never guess, but we get to do that story all over again for, I don't know, the 15th time. Apparently, people still really like it and still can't think their way out of it. So let's do it, guys. Are you ready? Why not start with Newsweek? This is our old friend, Ewanon Palmer. Ewan Palmer. We haven't talked about Ewanon in a long time. Man, Ewanon Palmer is the greatest coverer of conspiracy theorists the mainstream media has ever seen. Newsweek today, Donald Trump supporters turn on him over vaccine defense, quote, sold out so hard. A number of Donald Trump supporters have reacted negatively to the former president once again expressing support for the COVID-19 vaccine. During a recent appearance on the conservative podcast, The Water Cooler, Trump praised his administration for the Operation Warp Speed rollout of the vaccine and for helping save tens of millions of lives. Trump refused to get drawn. I think he means drawn in when host David Brody pushed the suggestion that the vaccines were not as safe or effective as medical experts said. Now, Yuanan goes on to describe the conversation, taking out little excerpts here and there. But rather than going by his description of the conversation, let's just listen to it ourselves. CDC is now saying they're concerned about a link to strokes in the vaccine. We've also seen significant spikes in COVID-19 deaths after countries introduced the COVID vaccines. We have these sudden death spikes as well. Look, I know you take credit for getting the vaccines to the American people in record time. I got that. Uh, will you acknowledge now, though, that the COVID-19 vaccines were not as safe or effective as we were told by the medical community at the time? Well, what I did is, first of all, there were no mandates with me, and right. I had absolutely no mandates, and the governors were allowed to do what they want. And most uh, most Republican governors did the right thing, and most Democrat governors didn't, you know, with the lockdowns and all the other things they did, including uh, their views of the vaccine. What I did, I was able to get something approved that, you know, has proven to save a lot of lives. Some people say I saved 100 million lives worldwide. But I was able to get that done in nine months versus uh, versus five years to 12 years. If it ever got gotten, I got the FDA to do things that they it was it was pretty amazing what we were able to do. But as far as using it, as far as the utilization, I never demanded anybody use it. I never had a mandate. And I think that's very important to know. And I never had anybody, for instance, when I said, uh, you know, I never said close up. I never said we're going to close right. our country up. A lot of Republicans. Now, Florida did close for a period of time, as you know, but a lot of a lot of states, a lot of states run by Republican governors didn't close at all. And that was OK but, with me. I let them make that decision. What, what about the safety aspect? That's what people are concerned about now. Do you have some concerns about the safety of these vaccines? Well, I always do. But you have to understand there are the pros and cons. Uh, if you can read some reports saying it was the greatest thing that's ever happened and we saved tens of millions of lives. Then you'll read other reports. You'll say there were some uh, problems with the vaccines sure. in terms of certain things, but but relatively small numbers. But, you know, you have many reports that say the vaccine saved tens of millions of lives, that without the vaccines, you wouldn't have 
you know, you would have had a, a thing like we had in 1917, where perhaps 100 million people died. So there we have it. Trump answers the question. He deflects from the safety issues regarding the vaccine for the most part. He makes clear twice that he never demanded anyone take it. He never suggested mandates and COVID policy within states was under the purview of individual governors of individual states. People love to create some sort of distance between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump on COVID policy. But that doesn't favor DeSantis. DeSantis has been propped up around the nation by the media. And hey, again, as I always say, DeSantis may be a great guy. DeSantis may be the presidential candidate in 2028. And I'd be more than happy to support him if he stays America first from now until then. And he shows that he's committed to fixing our elections, which he hasn't shown in Florida yet. I'm sorry. He just hasn't shown it. You can say that Florida doesn't have election fraud and the proof is DeSantis's win, but that's not proof of anything other than the Uniparty knows how to run their elections to convince people that there aren't problems in their elections. They'll say, well, if the Democrats wanted to steal everything, why did DeSantis win? Why did Abbott win in Texas? Why did Kemp win in Georgia? Well, first of all, their opponents were Stacey Abrams and Beto and Charlie Crist. Who put them up there? Not the voters, just the regime. The regime put those candidates in there. They put the Republican candidates in there. They decided that Republicans would win those races, probably because of how the governors have gone along with the regime program. Could that be it? Yeah, that could be it. Do I know it for sure? No, I don't. Donald Trump endorsed Greg Abbott, and he's literally responsible for Ron DeSantis being the governor in the first place. But there's nothing about any of these men's wins that indicate elections in those states are safe and secure. They're not in Texas. Anyone who says otherwise is insane. Houston is a mess. Dallas is a mess. Austin is a mess. They steal elections even in Texas. Georgia's elections are among the worst in the country. And anyone who's paid attention to the 2020 election or to these midterms is aware of that. People know what the system is in Georgia. Stacey Abrams implemented that system. A video was released of Ruby Freeman the other day. Police body cam footage of Ruby Freeman essentially admitting to helping steal the election and talking about how she wanted to go out and tell the world about it. And naturally, the same situation exists in Florida. We don't have to pretend that Ron DeSantis cleaned up election fraud when we know Georgia and Texas governors both had large victory margins as well in states where we know there is a lot of election fraud. So there's not some big difference between Ron DeSantis and Brian Kemp and Greg Abbott and Donald Trump when it comes to COVID except for the fact that Donald Trump as president delegated the authority to the states to determine how to handle it. So whatever happened in those states is something Donald Trump did not cause those governors to do. Anything COVID related in Florida is Ron DeSantis's responsibility. Did they have mask mandates there? Were certain businesses locked down? Did Ron DeSantis encourage people to take the vaccine in Florida? Yes. All of those things happened. All of those things are Ron DeSantis's fault and not Donald Trump's fault. Same things happened in Texas. Same things happened in Georgia. There's no real space there except for the fact that it wasn't Donald Trump's choice. All he did was delegate authority. Donald Trump began COVID saying that the media's narrative on the virus was a hoax. That's how he started out. He's the one who closed down travel from China. Then he went out and encouraged therapeutics and early treatment. He talked about ivermectin. He talked about hydroxychloroquine. And how did the regime respond? They created studies that told everybody that these drugs that have been successfully used for a very long time, that people know are effective in situations like this, are actually really dangerous and potentially deadly, and no one should take them. They put out a story about how some dumb Trump supporter consumed, what was it, fishbowl cleaner, thinking he was going to save himself from COVID and that Donald Trump told him to do all this. 
And it turned out it was actually just his wife trying to murder him. They put out reports about how poison control centers were getting this major uptick in calls and Donald Trump and his misinformation was just causing everybody to die. And so what did the FDA do? Oh, well, they took that stuff off the market. Donald Trump talked about therapeutics the entire time. And how about this? Are the vaccines fully authorized and approved? Well, no, they're not. They're all still being given out on emergency use authorization. Emergency use authorization is given to some medication or treatment when there are no other options available. Donald Trump made other options available and the health agencies retracted those options so that they could get the vaccine released. Now, when he talks about lives saved, what does he mean? Does he mean that the vaccines have saved tens of millions or potentially a hundred million lives from COVID? I sure don't think so. But you can take it that way if you want. We've discussed on this podcast a mathematical model that was produced by the exact people you think it would be produced by that showed that vaccine misinformation has potentially cost the lives of 14 million people who would have otherwise taken the vaccine and been saved. Now, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever and is not true in any way. It's simply a mathematical model premised on the idea that the creation of antibodies as they record them have the potential to save people from COVID deaths and then bases its estimates on things like how much misinformation was spread and how much that could have changed people's ideas about the vaccine and made them not get the vaccine. I mean, all of those variables are just estimates. Those aren't things that they can actually draw from the real world. So there's no reason to pay attention to those studies. Or maybe he just thinks that the vaccines are really safe and effective and saved all these people's lives. Is that what he's thinking? Is there any reason to believe that Donald Trump, with his access to information, actually believes that? And I think everybody would come to the conclusion that the answer is no. So what do you do after that? Well, you can assume that Donald Trump is just saying that because he wants more people to get vaccinated. And that, of course, is what people on the left would assume and what Con Inc. would assume. And that is exactly what they've communicated to the public. But is that true? Well, there's almost no way that it is true. And Donald Trump's not just saying 14 million people or a few million people, but he's talking about potentially 100 million people. So how would he get to that number? Well, there's a good possibility that he's talking about what would have happened if societies around the world remained locked down. In the summer of 2020, we already knew that there were estimates that 200 million people in the world would be or had already been pushed into extreme poverty. How many hundreds of millions of more people would have been pushed into extreme poverty if those lockdowns continued as they were supposed to for five years or 12 years, which is the number he's talking about. They wanted society to remain locked down. They talk about lockdowns now. Now their new thing is talking about grid lockdowns. In the UK, they're trying to limit how far people can travel from their homes. There was a video yesterday with a politician from Scotland discussing their plans to limit the ownership of private automobiles. The agenda is the agenda, and we know that lockdowns are part of the agenda. So they wanted to keep people locked down. If Donald Trump didn't put Operation Warp Speed in place and push all of this out at the same time and change their schedules, society could have remained locked down for years. And you can say that people's COVID fear would have simply worn off and we would have gone back to normal. But there's not really any reason to believe that because they certainly weren't slowing down at the time. So what made people feel comfortable with reopening? Well, it's the presence of the vaccine. So Donald Trump created the presence of the vaccine, allowing societies to reopen. But the vaccines were largely rolled out under the fake president. Donald Trump never mandated anything. The people pushing for mandates 
are the people serving the regime, and none of them are even in Donald Trump's circle. Donald Trump is not president right now, is he? So Donald Trump didn't force anyone to take the vaccine. He didn't convince anyone to take the vaccine. People always say, well, yeah, but Donald Trump made people feel comfortable in taking the vaccine. Okay, but that's still someone's choice. Donald Trump's supporters as a group were the least likely people to take the vaccine. So how can Donald Trump be responsible for forcing people to take the vaccine if he couldn't even convince his own supporters to do it? Now, again, I know that people took vaccines for different reasons and felt more comfortable because they thought Donald Trump backed the vaccine, but you still have to think for yourself. That is your responsibility. You can't just say, oh, well, Trump says it's okay. I guess it is. You especially can't say that after knowing that Donald Trump has talked consistently about how the whole COVID thing has been overblown, how it was used to install a political agenda and how he's been all for therapeutics the whole time. I think most people who were awake and paying attention at that point knew pretty well by the time Donald Trump left office that there was no need for a COVID vaccine. We also knew that the regime had been lying about COVID the entire time. So knowing all of that, you're going to go inject yourself with an experimental gene therapy so that you can travel or so that you can keep your job or something with schools or whatever else. I know people had their reasons. I know people had their reasons, but you can't shift responsibility for that decision to Donald Trump just because you don't like the decision. Now, what Donald Trump did was facilitate the ending of lockdowns and facilitate the exposure of pharma's overall agenda. What he didn't do was force anyone to take it. And those decisions could well have saved tens of millions of lives or hundreds of millions of lives in this world in a pretty near term timeline. The next five years, 10 years, 15 years. How long could the world have remained locked down when we knew it was pushing hundreds of millions of people into extreme poverty, when we knew it was increasing drug abuse, domestic abuse, child abuse, alcohol abuse, depression, suicide, isolation, unemployment, supply chain crises, and global unrest. Again, all of those things planned for by the regime. How long could we have gone on like that? Another year? Another two years? I highly doubt it. We can already see the negative effects just from the year or so that that was going on. But let's get back to the article for a minute. In response, a number of Trump supporters have attacked the former president. Ali Alexander, organizer of the 2020 election Stop the Steal movement, shared a Newsweek headline reporting on Trump's claim via his newly reinstated Twitter account, along with the caption Donald J. Trump yesterday. In a follow up tweet, Alexander added, do remember over 66 percent of Republicans are jabbed with at least one shot. I try and not use the V word. Okay. Trump is playing the plurality numbers game. Still, from what I'm told, he hasn't invested in any in-depth polling on the issue, which I would have commissioned on his team. Oh man, it's too bad we don't have Ali Alexander advising the president. Donald Trump, he says, is making this decision so that he doesn't turn off the Republicans who have gotten the vaccine. Does anyone believe that Donald Trump is concerned more with the feelings of vaccinated Republicans than he is with the big picture here? I highly doubt that. There is ample, if not constant proof that Donald Trump is absolutely willing to do things that people don't like even when those people are Republicans. So to think he's just changing his whole game now is a little insane. While sharing Alexander's original tweet, music artist and conspiracy theorist and zero Molly, this is anomaly on Twitter. Apparently now he is a music artist who has more than 240,000 followers wrote, he sold out so hard. 
He's the vaccine salesman. Sad. I truly loved the guy. He hired pharmacy lobbyists, took meetings with Gates, and then tap danced for Big Pharma to roll out the new tech. The man is beyond out of touch, and I honestly don't even think he's a good person anymore. And for real, Anzero Mali has been saying this exact thing for two straight years. He calls Trump Grandpa Moderna and says that Donald Trump was influenced to do all of this because a million dollars was paid to his campaign. One million dollars. And Donald Trump was like, yeah, sure, I'll go along with genocide. That's what Anzero Mali thinks. Twitter user Jennifer wrote added, all he has to do is say they lied to me. They lied to all of us. This shilling for Big Pharma will hurt him in 24. While Trump has been known to pander to his extreme and conspiracy theorist followers, he appears to draw a line at the vaccine misinformation. Trump, who was hospitalized after contracting COVID in October 2020, before he received his first shot, has repeatedly urged people to get the vaccine and questions why he has not received more praise for Operation Warp Speed. That is a good question, isn't it? Why hasn't he received more praise for Operation Warp Speed? Are those dirty Democrats just playing politics or is Operation Warp Speed something else that they don't like all that much? In December 2021, Trump spoke out against a small section of the crowd who booed him when he said he had received a booster shot while on stage during a speaking tour with former Fox News host Bill O'Reilly. In an interview with Fox News the same month, Trump said that people should embrace the vaccine. When we came up with these incredible vaccines, three of them and therapeutics, we did a tremendous job and we should never disparage them, Trump said. We should be really happy about it because we've all saved millions and millions of lives all over the world. Trump has been contacted for comment. I'm surprised he didn't write you and on back. So why has Donald Trump occasionally supported the vaccines? He's not out there mandating them. He's not out there discussing them constantly. He never brings it up. He just answers a question when it is asked of him. And the answer you heard before is his pretty standard answer. And because there are so many people out here who do not accept my answer, which is you're free to think what you like. But because I've heard it so often, I've been in this conversation many times and I continue to ask people, what is it you want him to do? And they always say he needs to come out and say these vaccines are dangerous and deadly and he was lied to and blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, why does he need to do that? What benefit is that going to provide? And they say, well, then people won't die from the vaccine. And I say, what on earth do you mean? Who won't die from the vaccine because Donald Trump comes out against it? His supporters who are not taking the vaccine? Most of the country at this point is not taking the updated shots because they know the vaccine isn't safe and they know the vaccine isn't effective. And they also know that COVID isn't threatening anyone except primarily the vaccinated, which people are beginning to finally figure out because it's been true the whole time. So who is it? What person is it who's not going to take the extra booster because Donald Trump says so? And no one can ever define who that person is, what kind of person that describes. So if Donald Trump can't actually save anybody by saying that, what is the incentive for him to say it? And everybody just says, well, he's got to say it. He needs to say it because otherwise he'll be politically vulnerable. A lot of these normies out there, even normie Republicans, they get upset that Donald Trump hasn't come out against the vaccines yet. And I say, really? They get upset, huh? Okay. So you want Donald Trump to engage this narrative shift to make people feel better based on your reading that the politics aren't going to eventually work out for Donald Trump. And you think that your idea about that is better and more accurate than Donald Trump's idea about that. Well, see, now that's where we differ, because there is actually no positive benefit to be drawn from anywhere by Donald Trump doing the thing you keep saying he must do. Why must he do that? And why can't anyone explain why he must do that except something about their feelings or preventing deaths that a he's not causing and B 
aren't happening. Deaths are not increasing based on Donald Trump's refusal to disavow the vaccine. Also, they lied to me is not the panacea that people somehow believe it is. That wouldn't get him off the hook any more than it gets Ben Shapiro off the hook. It just means that Trump exposes himself to a vulnerability and then is attacked not only by the left, who still wants to make sure that everyone knows the vaccine is very safe and very effective. You know, the people who are actually trying to kill people with the vaccine, but also by everyone in the GOP elite establishment, all of the anti-Trump Republicans, all the never Trump people. Everyone gets a win if Donald Trump does that, except for Donald Trump. And the only justification anyone can ever provide me is that he somehow needs to, in this abstract moral sense, to make people feel better about Donald Trump in relation to their feelings about the vaccine. I'm sorry, guys, that doesn't make any sense. And until someone can provide me some good argument as to why it does, I'm going to stay right here and think that that is a very thoughtless position. We don't get to view this situation in the abstract. We can only view this situation in reality. And in reality, we are at war and Donald Trump is the man leading the effort on our behalf. I expect that most of you are familiar by now with the concept of fifth generational warfare. If you're not, General Michael Flynn and Sergeant Boone Cutler just released a book on the subject. It's called The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generational Warfare. But here quickly is the Wikipedia definition. Fifth generation warfare is warfare that is conducted primarily through non-kinetic military action, such as social engineering, misinformation, cyber attacks, along with emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence and fully autonomous systems. Fifth generation warfare has been described by Daniel Abbott as a war of information and perception. So Donald Trump is literally navigating fifth generational warfare and people want him. They say he needs to. They say he must come out and say the thing they want when they can't describe who would be helped, what any possible political benefit would be or any reason whatsoever why Donald Trump actually must do the thing they're saying Donald Trump must do. Until you can answer those questions, this issue for me is off the table. And so knowing that, I don't view it as an actual argument because it's not an argument if no one on the other side of the issue can describe anything about their position other than their feelings. What is it then? It is a direct attack on Donald Trump at what is viewed as a weak point for Donald Trump. That is how it should be seen. And that is why Con Inc. and the GOP establishment and elite and the DeSantis simps are jumping all over it because every time they get to attack Donald Trump at one of his weak points, they know that they can unify with the left who agrees with them that Trump is the worst and Trump must be hated and they all coalesce power together. The people on our side, as they have seemed to be for the last two years, who are going after this subject are doing so because the quickest route to power and attention for them is by uniting with the left at points like this. It would be like if Ben Shapiro realized that his diner on the side of the freeway was so popular that he wanted diners on the side of every freeway. And all of these people were just his little franchisees. Hey, stop here at my diner and never, ever leave. You don't want to go all the way down the road. We're going to keep you right here. You thought you liked Trump, but that was a bad idea because you see he got this vaccine out to market. He thinks it was to prevent lockdowns, but we all know that Donald Trump actually fought the regime the whole time, except on this. He was totally on board with genocide. Doesn't that line up with everything else you know about Donald Trump? And of course it doesn't. 
It doesn't line up with anything else you know about Donald Trump. You just want to make this one exception because your emotions about this issue are so powerful. And I understand it, but it doesn't thereby become rational just because you like him for everything else. It doesn't make that an objective opinion, although that's constantly sold to us as what the definition of objectivity is. It means you criticize everything just a little bit, but always agree with the regime when it really comes down to it. Now, if these people themselves aren't completely sold out and the overwhelming likelihood is that they are because effectively none of them were ever banned from social media, what does that mean? They've spent the last two or three years continuing to gain followers and become bigger influencers. And once they become bigger influencers, well, then there's bigger money. And you can't become a bigger influencer if you don't have Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and Snapchat and TikTok. So all of these people made sure to keep their platforms. They wouldn't say the no-no things that would get them kicked off. And here they've been the whole time, just increasing their power and popularity. While knowing that people who knew more than them and who were braver than them were getting censored and banned. The downside of their decision, since they enjoyed the attention and the money in the short term, well, the downside of that is that they've continued learning within censored environments and they don't actually know anything. They're primarily discussing issues that our communities have been all over for the better part of three years now. That's why they think the Twitter files are so revelatory, because they didn't know any of it. And they still haven't reckoned with the problem created by all of that. They haven't reckoned with the fact that they missed all that information, too. They spent the last couple years analyzing the mainstream media as if all the stories were real and they still haven't figured out what it means that none of them were. They don't have the ability to actually synthesize all the information they think they know because all of it's inconsistent. It's detached from reality and it makes no sense. So they're not able to form a comprehensive view of any of this. We're talking about people who knew that Russiagate was a hoax who haven't put it together that that means there was an ongoing soft coup throughout Donald Trump's entire presidency and he still got done all the things he got done, including, by the way, winning overwhelmingly in 2020. And so what does it always come back to? Donald Trump is an egomaniac. Donald Trump is a narcissist. Donald Trump does everything to get rich. He only cares about himself, his self-image, and his money. Donald Trump is stupid. He's just not smart enough to figure out all the things that the big brains in conservative influencer culture have figured out on Twitter and Instagram for the last couple of years. I mean, sure, they're a year, two years, three years behind virtually everything that matters. But hey, they're super comfortable and super smart in influencer world, certainly way smarter than Donald Trump, which is why they still think Donald Trump is stupid, because he's talking about things in a totally different world that they don't know exists, just happens to be the real world. And of course, Donald Trump isn't strong. Donald Trump is too weak. He knew all these bad things that were happening and he just couldn't do anything about them. He makes terrible personnel decisions and blah, 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 blah. Yes, Donald Trump was stupid the whole time. And you, person who has learned in a censored environment for the last two and a half to three years, you are a genius. You've got it all figured out. Now, I know even despite the fact that you can't explain any of it, you must be right. So Donald Trump is navigating fifth generational warfare and narrative manipulation, but he should put all of that aside because people who like to complain about things and want to direct their anger somewhere rather than where it belongs, which is the individuals who made the choices they made, want him to express their view on the vaccines. If you understand that there is absolutely no way that Donald Trump is clueless about vaccine damage, then you have two choices. 
He's either lying because he wants more people to die because he is the king of vaccine salesmen, or he's doing what the much larger effort here actually calls for, even though it upsets people, which is what we should be demanding from any leader. I don't need Donald Trump to help me make decisions about my health and other people shouldn't either. And other people don't. Donald Trump didn't change the incentive structure around vaccines. He didn't promise to ruin your life if you didn't take one. Does anyone actually believe that Donald Trump is going to come out on the bad side of this narrative? He didn't create the vaccine. He's not a vaccine expert. He's not the one who manipulated the trials. He didn't manipulate its approval from afar. He's not running the CDC and the FDA. He's not the one who has the pop-up trailer in the Target parking lot plugging vaccines into people. And besides these pretty rare instances, he's not even out there saying anything positive about that. It's not like he's sharing positive vaccine studies on Truth Social so that everybody can give him praise for how great the vaccine is. What we have is people just simply wanting him to say something he clearly isn't going to say and then assuming that because he doesn't say it, he actually wants people to die. It's utterly insane. And you have to pay attention to who's pushing this narrative out there. Now, I know that a lot of our peers, people in the community, your friends, your family, they might have this concern, and I totally get it. Where are they getting that concern? I'm guessing it is downstream of these political influencers online who are pushing this narrative. And it's no mistake that they're pushing it. The left, the mainstream last week propped up the idea that the vaccines might be dangerous. And a couple of days later, there's another attempt to get Trump on the vaccines. Is that just coincidence? Hey, if you believe it to be all good. But it seems like a pretty obvious operation to score political points against Donald Trump on this issue. If they can ramp up that anti-Trump sentiment, then they think they can use it on other issues. This is exactly what the left and the mainstream media have done for seven and a half years. And it's also what never Trump Republicans have done for seven and a half years. It's not different now just because it's an issue that makes you personally feel bad. And I don't mean to be reductive about this, but what choice do you imagine you have, right? You go away from Donald Trump. Is Ron DeSantis going to be better? Well, Ron DeSantis pushed the vaccines. So who is it that is going to be better than Donald Trump? And which one of those can you actually trust to oppose the regime as Donald Trump has done provably constantly for seven and a half years? You know what's going on in the big picture. You know what Donald Trump faces and has faced. We are going to pretend that all of that is gone because Donald Trump won't say the thing you want him to say. Most of the world is never going to trust the pharmaceutical companies ever again or the public health sector or probably most medical providers. And they're certainly not going to trust vaccines. Now, the vaccine being bad you could say, well, that might have happened either way. That might have happened if Donald Trump didn't push the vaccine out at all. And it just came out a few years later. But really, you would have preferred a few years of lockdowns until the vaccine came out. And then the vaccine would be equally as deadly. And there would be no movement left to push back against that. If Donald Trump was so pro-vaccine, then why did they take such a big risk? In stealing the election. If Donald Trump is a friend of the regime, why did they steal the election? If Donald Trump was actually just benefiting them, why didn't they leave him in there and have him go out and sell the vaccine to everybody? And then when it fails, everybody would know it was Donald Trump's fault. And then not only would Donald Trump be Grandpa Moderna, Donald Trump would actually go down in the history books on par with someone like Hitler or Mengele. Or something. Donald Trump is responsible for all of these vaccine deaths because he actually went around all of the agencies and he pushed the pharmaceutical companies into getting these things released. And then what? How is the country doing in that scenario? 
How's the country doing right now in that scenario? We're a couple of months away from it being three years since those lockdowns started. What if we were still in that place? That's what they wanted. And they may have gotten there without a vaccine out there to diminish people's fears. We didn't take the vaccine because we weren't afraid. And we knew better than to inject ourselves with an experimental medical treatment that we knew we didn't need just because the television said so, or just because we were threatened. Donald Trump didn't threaten us. Everybody had their choices. What you're supposed to do as a leader is make the hardest choices. And when your choices are both bad options, you pick the one that is less bad. There is every reason to believe that is what Donald Trump chose. And you might say, well, then I just can't trust Donald Trump anymore. And hey, you're welcome to decide that. I've said many times, I don't think people should trust any politicians. You're supposed to watch them and watch what they do. But if you understand what Donald Trump is actually doing, what he's up against, what this entire process is for, then you should at least trust him enough to understand that he is not promoting a medical genocide. And so there must be something else going on. And of course, we know that something else is going on. We know that we're in the midst of fifth generation warfare and we know what we're up against. And the leader we are discussing has fought against that thing on every level, every single day for the last seven and a half years. You don't have to trust him. You just have to give him the benefit of the doubt that the entire picture is not clear to you right now. How many times over the last seven and a half years has everyone thought Trump needs to do this? Trump needs to do this. Trump must disavow this. Trump must come out and make a statement about this. Trump must come out and correct the record about this. And on and on and on and on. And it turns out on a long enough timeline, Trump's method of doing things proves effective over and over and over and over and over again. It's not an accident. It's the product of very smart people navigating an extraordinarily complicated situation as well as it can be navigated. And so you may not understand why he's doing something. And you may not respect my interpretation of why he's doing something. And again, that's fine. But if that's your position, then you should be able to explain it. And you should be able to say what would be better and why and how your solution would be better. If you can't do that, you might consider that you're upset about something you shouldn't be upset about. And it's important for people to get to that point because you need to be able to make this case yourself. This is going to be one of those issues that we keep having to deal with because it's going to keep coming up. There is a massive coordinated effort to take Donald Trump down on this front because they feel it's a weak and vulnerable point for him. Why is it a weak and vulnerable point? Well, because people aren't willing to defend him and these decisions, but it's probably worth it to look down the road a bit, look into the future and think about how this is going to play out. Who do people blame for the vaccine, the vaccine deaths, the vaccine injuries, the mandates, all of it? It's not Donald Trump. It's not going to be Donald Trump. The only way it could even be argued that it is Donald Trump is by putting someone else next to him and saying this person would have made a better decision. This person did make better decisions and there's no one that describes this issue cannot be looked at in the abstract, but it's worth noticing who's looking at the issue in the abstract and what they're trying to gain from that perspective, what they're trying to do take down Donald Trump and demoralize MAGA, which is what they've been trying to do for a very long time. You can see it coordinated from both sides. You know who's attacking Trump and MAGA on this issue. Are you just deciding that they got this one right 
after lying about everything else, about being clueless about everything else, about learning in a censored environment for the last few years. They've just nailed this one. And Donald Trump is wrong. Well, the likelihood of that is very slim. At some point, you've got to think about whether or not helping these people perpetuate this narrative is a good idea and why you think it is that they finally got one of these right. The fact that they go after it so hard should tell you about what the intention is. And so, hey, if you're not on board, all good. I get it. But at some point, you probably will be. So you might as well just save yourself the time, honestly. The point of all this is not to fix perceived injustices with words. It's to fix real injustices with systemic change. And that was never going to be pretty. It was never going to be neat and easy and clean. There is no perfect outcome. The solution is not to help the enemy destroy the greatest champion your cause has because that champion is not doing exactly what you think he should do all the time. So I'm sorry to have spent a whole episode on that, particularly for the people who already understand this in the way that I do, but this is important and it's out there and they're going to keep putting it out there until people come to terms with what it is and begin to fight back against the people spreading this narrative because they're not doing it to save lives. They're doing it to shatter Trump's base and consolidate power for themselves. And that should be obvious. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.CancelCouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree linktree.com slash I'm your moderator and I'll see you soon out on the range catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
in my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!